Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, yo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast. Coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. Welcome in. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on X at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on X at CHGO underscore White Sox. The full CHGO White Sox crew. Wait, White Sox. You know, emphasize every X. Uh, really emphasize the O, really, is yeah. what you did. I didn't know how to do that. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Eknerwall23. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We are going to have a little MLB trade deadline preview as we're eight days away from August 1st. But I really do feel like we're waiting with bated breath because a deal could be made at any time, at any point, for any Chicago White Sox. We'll talk about the main two, Lucas Giolito and Tim Anderson, who might be leaving town. And then we'll make some predictions. I'll ask Vinny and Herb who else they think might be leaving. But first, Herb. Yes, hello. You're a well-traveled man. I am. You've gone now to 20 of the 30 MLB ballparks. I have to ask you a question. Go ahead. You just went to Toronto, just got back. You saw our guy, KPW, and I think he's in the chat. So shout out to KPW. Um... Are you counting, like, Montreal? Because you were alive when Montreal existed. Like, when, how are you, like, you've done 20 of 30? Like, are you just counting active ballparks? Or, like, could you technically do 31 ballparks? I did not go to Montreal, but all the 20 I'm talking about are currently in use by those teams. Have you been to any extinct ones? Did you go to the not. original Yankee? I have not been to any extinct ones. Not even whatever Comiskey Park was called before, Comiskey Park. Yeah, it was Comiskey. Park. I never went to that one. Okay. So you were only at Comiskey 2? Yes. Okay. Yes. You ever I, go to I, any that. extinct one? Have I been to an extinct ball, baseball stadium? I don't yeah. believe so. Okay. Like Yankee or Shea? I mean, like those are yeah. the two that jumped to my mind. I don't know why you'd ever go to RFK Stadium. Well, I mean, there was the old – I mean, depending on how old you are, you had the old, uh, County Stadium in Milwaukee. You Tigers. Had the, uh, Tiger Stadium in Detroit. You had the old Bush Stadium. Um, so – there were plenty in the Midwest. Metrodome, you, you, you know, the Metrodome was one up till fairly recently. So you didn't do Metrodome? I did not. Hmm. No. Uh, technically, you could still go to Tiger Stadium. It's just open field. Well, this was like, let's see, 10 years ago. So maybe they've done some development in uh, Detroit. But we went to De- Tiger Stadium where it used to be and just played a couple games. The mound was still there. It wasn't like manicured or anything fun. like that. But uh, it was me, Tanny, uh, Shep, and I believe Brendan McCaffrey. So... Technically, I've been to Tiger Stadium. It probably was just the same as the other one. Uh, the corner ballpark is on the former site of Tiger Stadium. 
Yeah. Uh, is the home of the Detroit Police Athletic League. Okay. And they've, numerous youth, college, amateur, and semi-pro uh, sports teams. They've renovated it, so that's good. They, it was just an open, empty lot. How about that? Yeah. Mercy. All right, that's so good. you got in the rankings, uh, mm-hmm. 1 through 20. Right I now. do. Um, what's next? Can I ask you that? What's, what's going to be 21? Next year, we're doing 21 and 22. It's Tanny and I, and we're going to knock out the Florida ballparks, Tampa Bay and Miami. Finally go to those two. I'm not looking forward to Tampa Bay. I wish they would move somewhere. I wish they would move more than Oakland would move because that just is like a garage. It seems <laughs> depressing and sad. My guy, uh, Ryan Sudal, who does some of the operations down there, and used to work for the score, says, no, Herb, it's better than it is on TV. I'm like, it has to be. It looks terrible. And Miami just looks hot to me. And then they got rid of the, the beautiful statue in the middle. So I'm not looking forward to Miami at all either. But it is, like every ballpark should be, a retractable roof. I think they got rid of the fish tank too behind home oh, plate. Oh yeah. Oh, it, so like because it cracked. Oh, it did at some point. I think. Mm. I think because they. I remember when it opened. the 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 first The first game of the year. Remember they used to do those like, the season starts on Friday, but we're going to do a national tele- televised game on Thursday. The first game of the year was at Mar- the the opening game of Marlins Park, and twenty ten twenty twelve. I don't remember, but they showed on the. Uh, they showed on the broadcast them testing out the fish tank behind home plate. And they were, it was like, it was people just like, they got like a pitcher who could throw a hundred and he's just chucking balls at, at the, uh, at the fish tank. And they're like, it's good. We got it. And I'm pretty sure like within like a year or two, someone filed a pitch back and cracked it. And so they're like, no more of that. And it's inhumane. The fish are like, I'm just chilling. And then a hundred mile per hour ball comes to them. Like, <laughs> Oh, what the hell? You know, guys go that way. <laughs> Not this way. Found it 11 years ago. Nat Geo um, had Marlins first baseman Gabby Sanchez. Uh, G-A-B-Y, one B. Test the, uh, yeah, yeah, two Bs, one, one Y. Wait, what? I thought it was, I thought it was like spelled like Gabby Sanchez. Am I yeah, right? yeah, like Gabby. Like, like if you had the name Abby. Yeah. G. So I was wrong. There are two Bs. Yeah, there's two Bs. Okay. Um, he tested the durability of the fish tank with a fastball. So I wish we could play this right now. Um, but, yeah, no, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> that yeah. They literally just were like, all right, throw, throw some fastballs at it. Um, all right, but let's get into Herb's rankings. Um, obviously, we're going to be up to, able to update these, this next year with more yep. stadiums. Yep. Excited to see this list grow. Let's start off to where you just went. Ten, I have uh, Rogers Place, oh, our okay. center. So top ten. Yeah, it's a really, really – Nice place with the dome closed, which it started uh, when we went to the game because they feared there was some rain. It's kind of gloomy, still good, but gloomy. When they opened up the dome, it was still like seven o'clock daytime. You could see the CN Tower right outside of the stadium. We were on the third baseline, beautiful. And I didn't even get to the parts where KPW and other pl- people told me they have like a whole like party section out there in the outfield. They've renovated that outfield section, which I didn't go to. So it has another excuse for me to go back to Toronto. But that seemed great. The food offerings were good. They had a poutine hot dog, which was mid. And then they had all dressed chips, which I've always been wondering about, which are just chips with ketchup on it. Actually worked. It it's, doesn't sound like it's that great, but it, it worked out well. Beer selection was good there, too. So I put that as a mid-ballpark of the middle of my 20. So a 10, a little bit better than what Wrigley is and other ballparks. But it's got a little, um, like, personality there. I like uh, the stadium and the how they, 
doors and the wall opens up, the roof opens up, and it opens up pretty f- swiftly too. Well, and you, next time you gotta go, you gotta stay at the hotel that you can look down onto the field. That's yeah. the coolest feature. Watch a game from your hotel room. That's insane. Yeah, like, I think the guys from the 108 did that. Pete Hand, nice. uh, MSS, both had stadi- uh, rooms looking right into the directly to the stadium. They said the only downside to that is at three in the morning they're cleaning the ballpark and you're hearing those people <laughs> cleaning the ballpark. <laughs> so that's the downside. Hey, you know. You know, if I, I I don't know if they tested the durability of those windows with a Gabby Sanchez fastball. Maybe if I throw a baseball at it, maybe I'd be able to play a couple innings before they tackled me on Rogers Center Field, you know? I don't know if you're getting the ball up there. That's big boy land, McGuire land. No, no, no. I'm saying if I'm in the hotel room, yeah. throw a fastball out into Rogers, okay. break the glass, and then I could break into the stadium, you know? You're up high. <laughs> Yeah, you got to like repel baby. down. Are you bringing some Mission <laughs> I mean, Impossible gear with you? You've never seen the guys at, uh, what's the uh, prison over there? The prison oh, yeah. in uh, Cook County. Downtown. Yeah, you know, just the tie, me- tie some bed sheets Metropolitan together. prison. Scale out. Um, anyways, uh, what else do you want to jump in with the, the stadium rankings? Because obviously Rogers Center is 10. Um, we've done this before. I mean, like it seems like Oracle's kind of a monster here. It's, it's going to be my favorite one. It's going to be hard to beat. People say the only one that possibly that I haven't been to that could beat it is Fenway. But I already have uh, adverse feelings towards Fenway because the Red Sox and Boston in general. So it probably won't pass up Oracle. But you see guaranteed rate at 19. That's not necessarily because of the atmosphere. It's because of the how to get into the ballpark and how they treat you as a fan when you do get in the ballpark. It takes so long to get in first. Then you got to go up those stairs. And then when you're trying to get in the 100 section, if you have a 100 ticket, they're checking you again. It's like, come on now. And then some in those sections, they're checking you a third time to see if your tickets are the right tickets. Like, I, they're going wild over this uh, the you thing from way back in the day where a guy from the upper deck got a little too loaded and him and his son attacked Tom Gamboa. It's way time for that stadium to renovate that system and be better because every other stadium I've been to, you check your ticket once and you go to your seat. And you have access to all the ballpark for the most part. Guarantee rate is the only one that you don't have access to all the ballpark. Vinny, I have to issue an apology. To me. Yeah. Oh, okay. you were right. George Drag says Gabby Sanchez is 1B. <laughs> Vinny is correct. Um, and accent on the A in Sanchez. Um, for Immaculate Gritters out there, he was a Florida Marlin, a Miami Marlin, and a Pittsburgh Pirate. Kind of forgot his pirate stint, so that might be a sneaky, immaculate grid. He only plays for teams whose mascots live in the sea. If I could choose as an MLB player, I'd I'd prefer that. Would you follow that rule? Yeah, I I, I would only be able to play for the Buccaneers, the Marlins, or Buccaneers are a a football team. Well, Deion Sanders did both. I mean, Bo Jackson did both. I mean, I I mean, if I'm I'm skilled enough to be in the MLB, I just need to work hard enough to be in the NFL. That's how I see it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of people have done it. You don't think Aaron Judge could play wide receiver? I sure do. No, he can't. He's so you can only play. You can only play for those great seaside towns in Miami, Tampa, uh, Seattle, and Pittsburgh. The Dolphins, and I guess Rays would count too because they live in the sea. Yeah, Tampa. I said Tampa. Yeah. Anyone mm-hmm. else live in the mm-hmm. Yankees? Mm-hmm. The Yankees? You didn't like laugh at my joke. Seaside town of Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, do you not have there. sea access the from the, the river? river pirates? Do you not have sea access from the river? Isn't the river I mean, maybe the eventually? Sea? Yeah, hey, you <laughs> know they're pirates. Arg! You, you know we gotta see. You gotta you know? travel. Arg! We just came from Sweden and we're gonna end in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Arg! That's what that's what pirates sound like. Arg! Yeah, <laughs> Swedish pirates. Um, <laughs> ah, we gotta go get Permanti brothers. Arg! 
Why Sweden? Because I'm from Sweden, and I know that's near the they ocean. They don't have pirates in Sweden. They, they have, have boats. <laughs> I mean, but pirates are men of the sea. I mean, it doesn't have to. I mean, why? They didn't originate from Sweden. Maybe they came from Spain. I don't know. Where do pirates originate from? The Caribbean? They originate from all over, but they're not known for their Scandinavian uh, uh, heritage. It's just, I mean, it's a port town. Um, anyways. Pirates are bad people, too. Arg. Um, I've True. seen Captain Phillips. I mean, it was a very entertaining movie, but I did not like the guys that were threatening Tom Hanks with a gun. They were the they captains seemed, now. They were the captains now. That guy was great. Um, all right, so let's jump into the main topic. Well, actually, I had one more yep. final stadium question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Chase... And guaranteed rate field kind of have a mall vibe to them. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what I think Tropicana is going to suffer from. It's like a basically a mall vibe. Socks are a little bit outdoor, but I don't know if that's fair. Like, do you get mall vibes from those last teams where it's like it's not offensive? There's just nothing unique about them. They're just very much like, hey, here is where you get your stuff. Here is where you can give us money. Yeah. yeah. Not, I mean, obviously, it's a business. I'm not trying to hate it, but you know, I mean. That's what it, the vibe I get from Guaranteed Rate Field. The ones in the top list, uh, Oracle, PNC, Petco, are, have originality, have personality. Like you said, Guaranteed Rate is just a slab of concrete. It's nothing really special. You know, the people inside are, but the actual stadium is just ugh. And Chase is the exact ballpark as American Family, which used to be Miller Park. But one's in the desert, and they keep that the windows open when it's 95 degrees in Arizona and act like it ain't hot. It's hot as hell up there. Like I know Milwaukee does that, but you want to get like 10 games that are really hot in Milwaukee. All the games in Arizona are hot and they don't have air conditioning in that some bitch. So I marked it <laughs> off. I mean, they had, you could say it has personality because it has a pool and a hot tub in right field, but no one goes there. That's exclusive. No one's, I don't have tickets to that or access to that pool. It's who cares? It's just a big-ass piece of concrete in the middle of Phoenix, which is hot as hell, and no one's in Phoenix either. That's a thing. In the summer, because it's like now, 115 degrees in Phoenix, Well, going to the ballpark is not ideal. And you went when? 2019? We went, no, to last year in Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. I mean, I feel like now, maybe with Corbin Carroll, maybe with a better team, maybe with a little bit more atmosphere, it's a better place, but that's like with Guaranteed Rate Field. Like, Guaranteed Rate Field's great when that place is packed. They were playing the Cardinals, so oh. that day was hyped with Cardinal fans. Yeah. And they're both wearing, the Cardinals are wearing their nice light blue jerseys with the red lettering, looking sweet, winning. And the D-backs, I think, were wearing their serpentine jerseys. Chase Field is weird, too. I feel like you could fly, like, a literal jet in there. Like, it just seems so big and spacious. Like, that center field is just kind of ugly. Um, I don't know. Uh, but thanks for sharing your... Uh, Stadium no list here. I mean, I'm excited to see where uh, Tropicana and uh, uh, Mar- Marlins Park, uh, Lone Depot Park. Let me be honest, ah. uh, Lone Depot Park. Right? It's a shame, Herbert's a shame you couldn't go to Pro Player Stadium. <laughs> oh, go Joe Robbie, <laughs> or Lone Shark. Yeah, Lone Shark, <laughs> not Lone Shark, Land Shark. Land Shark. Yeah. yeah. I think that R.I.P. The the company's the dead. I think the beer. The oh, Jimmy dead. Buffett beer, Land Shark. I think so, or maybe 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 not. Um. I think you're thinking Anchor. They died. Oh, Anchor. That's yeah. what it is. Um, That's a legit RIP. There is a YouTube video if you guys want to go check it out. Uh, this guy, he already did visit every rainforest ca- uh, rainforest uh, cafe uh, in the in in the U.S. and Canada. Now he did Margaritaville this year. So if I, that's, I saw a lot of land shark in that video. So if you do want to check that out, uh, go check that out. Uh, anyways, let's take a break. We're going to 
Matthew said, putting off, uh, talk about, talking about the White Sox, I approve of this because it's exhausting. We're talking about baseball. It's a baseball podcast. We're going to get in the MLB trade deadline now. Uh, we'll take a quick break, let you know about some of our great sponsors, and then jump into Lucas Giolito and Tim Anderson. If you guys are watching right now, please hit that thumbs up button. Um, Alex actually asked a great question. I'm sorry. Uh, if this is a food ranking, guaranteed would be top five? Yeah. The variety of food and drink they have is probably putting them up at the top. Yeah. But again, Oracle is dumb good but expensive they have just so many things you could eat and or drink there but yeah uh, guarantee rate would probably be in my top five yeah. yeah all right let's take a quick break and let you know about some of our uh fantastic um sponsors here and this is a new one um especially uh we're going to be uh, uh they're going to be presenting tomorrow our, our crosstown classic coverage but and this is a, a place that i have a lot of childhood memories at Hooters is your spot to catch all the games this season. Step up to your plate for our world's famous wings, delicious seafood, stack sandwiches, salads, and mores. Uh, I used to hang out with my dad, and he used to, uh, as a child, take me to Hooters, and uh, I used to lie to my mom. She said, where'd you go to lunch? I said, Scooters. She, I, how did she figure out that we went to Hooters? Um, you know, I was I Boy, how? really, really played that off well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they have tons of great beer specials and drinks, uh, six dollar drinks all day, every day. And you can check out their seafood specials. Uh, 1983 83 for a pound of crab legs and great prices on buffalo and steamed shrimp. And Hooters is celebrating their 40 years in business all year long in honor of the anniversary. On the fourth of every month, Hooters will be hosting throwback events, bringing back, uh, bringing the 80s back with 83 cent wins. Love that they're using that number. I guess that's the year that they were. Okay, that's yes. 2023 that minus 40, 40 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, 83 cent wings <laughs> and other great specials. Next one is on August 4th. So thank you to Hooters for uh, jumping on the CHGO train and uh, happy of 40th birthday too to Hooters. I've to Scooters. Like almost every Hooter in the Hooters in the Chicagoland area because uh, every Tuesday Mike North and us uh, used to go out for Gail Sayers uh, Hooter remote. Really? Hooters remote, yeah. Gail Sayers was going yeah. to Hooters? Yeah. It was, the, it, was the, it was the Gail Sayers show. That's awesome. On Mike North's uh, 670 to score show. So I've been to all of them. You just gave your 20 ballpark rankings. I now want you to give your 20 Chicagoland Hooter rankings. Um, um, Downers Grove, number one. Oh, damn. Uh, I, the only one I've been to is uh, what? Now I don't know the cross street. It's on Cicero. It's like 95th-ish. Mm-hmm. Southwest, oh, Southwest yeah, I, Highway? Uh, yeah, uh, it's yeah. not Southwest Highway. But, but it'd be crazy to say 93rd. 93rd and Cicero. right in that vicinity. That's yeah, right. Yeah, right. Okay, right. Chevy dealer um, there. I know the one. Kid, yeah, a kitty corner across the Foxes, folks. Uh, but shout out to Hooters. Thank you for jumping on. And hey, uh, we are going to have our Crosstown event coming up. Hooters is sponsoring that tomorrow. Um, and we do have the Crosstown Series takeovers. July 26th is sold out. Um, so can't purchase tickets to that. But if you do want to get to the game, game time is the fastest uh, way for you to buy tickets, and it shouldn't be stressful buying tickets to your favorite events. It's the fastest easy, fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all these sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you have. I know Beyonce was in town uh, this weekend. You could have gotten a great deal on Game Town uh, to Beyonce. And my hey, mom did for my sister. Look at you. And got $20 off. Boom, using code CHGO. Mm-hmm. And she would have got the Game Time difference if your mom noticed that there was any tickets in the same section and row for less. Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So, again, it's the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Go to game time, 
get the best deal. And again, they're going to guarantee you the best deal with the game time guarantee. They'll credit you 110% of the difference for the same section and row for less. Snag the tickets without the stress. Download game time. Create an, uh, create an account and use code CHGO, just like Herb's mom did, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right. This is basically an R.L. Stein book. Goosebumps. You're going to choose your own adventure. Okay. Mm. Do you want to talk about Lucas Giolito or Tim Anderson? Lucas Giolito. All right, Lucas yeah. Giolito. Steven, do you have the graphics ready? Our, yes. our, our producer, Stephen Nicholas, uh, pr- just sweating at the buzzer. Vinny's giving him notes on his graphics as he's making them. Yeah, he's not going to like the Lucas Giolito one. Uh-oh. There's an apostrophe in pros and cons. I was, it was already made. That would be wrong. Then. Apostrophe it was made gate. in the other studio. I don't have that PSD. We have to do it. We're just gonna. We're just gonna do it. Yeah, flash it. Lucas it's Apo- Apologize uh, right. for the uh, incoming misspellings. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lucas Giolito this season, uh, he's pitched 121 innings. He's got an ERA of 3.79, a WHIP of 1.22, and a K walk differential of 17.6 percent. So he is striking out. Uh, batters uh, 17.6% times more than he is walking. So that's good, right? He's got a a K rate around uh, whatever 17 plus 8 is. Around 26%. He's got a K rate around 25, 25, 26%. Uh, Well, it's 0.6. So I'm kind of... You're rounding. Yeah, I'm making up for that. Um, But he's got a walk rate around 8% and a FIP of 4.46. It's around average. Um, His expected FIP is around major league average, so you'd expect him with uh, a a better defense than the White Sox. Uh, That ERA would probably still stick around 3.79, especially with the amount of players he's striking out. Um, Before I throw it to you guys, some pros and cons of Lucas Giolito. We're basically selling Lucas Giolito to uh, one of these teams. We don't know which team. Yep. We've banned trade proposals on this uh, this program to protect you, the viewer. Um, but some Lucas Giolito's pros and cons, I would say maturity. I think we've noticed that this year. I think Lucas has shown a lot of maturity, um, at least from my perspective and listening to him. I Obviously, you, know, you guys can have your own opinion. Uh, I think he's shown a full arsenal this year, and then he's also had uh, four seasons of over 116 innings. That's super important. I mean, he's going to be able to give you innings each and every time. As long as he's efficient, he could go seven to eight innings. I mean, there's been several games this year where we're like, oh, wow, 50 pitches through five innings. Like, there haven't been, you know, he's also had games where he's gone four innings and walked eight, um, but, you know, whatever. Uh, we're trying to sell. Uh, the cons, though, for Lucas, homer prone, 20 homers this year for Lucas. It is a contract year, so you won't have uh, that extra year of eligibility. I did see there was a rumor from Mark Feinstein that the Reds would be willing to give up Jonathan India in a package, but that's for a pitcher that would have more control. Lucas obviously doesn't have that control. Well, and I think that's I, up on the Reds problem. What's that? They can make him have more control if they sign him. Well, that's true. Uh, but they, they, you know, they, they'd have to spend money. Jerks. Um, and then, uh, too, I, I thought the qualifying offer went when you tr- traded someone, but I don't think that's the case. It is. I was reading that today it is yeah so they wanted to revamp the qualifying offer they actually just wanted to do away with it completely uh when they did the last cba but they never agreed on anything and they moved forward on the on the cba without it so that still is in place you can have uh the the two uh conditions that allow a team to extend a qualifying offer to a pending free agent are you've never received a qualifying offer before and you've been on the team the entire year when you get traded midseason, the ability for your new team to offer you a qualifying offer goes out the window. 
Okay, so if he's traded to the Dodgers, gone, cannot get the qualifying offer. Correct. Okay. All right. Yeah, and I, I did have that. He's wrong traded there. to any team. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if the if the White Sox were to keep him, yes, they could give him a qualifying offer because he's the, he has not gotten one in in his career in the past, and he is not, uh, he would have he will have been on the White Sox the entire year. All right. So, yeah. Again, contract here. Then Lucas, if he is traded, he's a free agent. Um, and then the other one is velocity. I know this hasn't been a killer for Lucas Giolito, but it is something that has gone down. And I think, too, when you're going up against playoff caliber teams and you're going three times through an order, I think it does diminish your stuff. You just look at average velocity since 2019, 94.4, 94.2, 94.0, 92.7, and it has ticked up to 93.2 this year for average velocity. Um, but again, it just doesn't seem like he does have that you know, that zip that he did have when he was throwing the no-hitter against Pittsburgh when he was hitting 96 consistently. So when you look at the pros and cons, Herb, and you look at the stats, is Lucas Giolito the best available pitcher on the trade market? If you exclude Marcus Stroman, which so the Cubs, your answer is no. Yes, <laughs> if you exclude Marcus Stroman, because I don't know if the Cubs are going for it or not. They should be going for it but now because they've won three. They can fool themselves. But if you take him out, yes, Lucas is the best value and the best player pitcher on the market for MLB but like you were saying there's a lot of flaws with Lucas especially going to a different team I think the major flaw or not even a flaw but a thing that I've noticed he needs a personal catcher he wants a personal catcher needs is a, is a strong word wants a personal catcher all the years with James McCann and then now with Sebi Zavala being his catcher pretty much all the time, but Sebi Zavala is being catcher for everybody, but specifically for Lucas. We saw when you um, Darvish went from the Cubs to the Padres, they had to have Victor Caratini with them, and then he had a great year. And then since then, he's been in the mid-fours since Carantini has gone some other team, and he's pitching to various catchers with the Padres. I don't know if Lucas necessarily needs – uh, Sebi on his team, but I think he feels comfortable with them. He understands that they have a symbiotic relationship and that Sebi knows the pitchers that he wants to throw. They've gone through the game plan. And I'm sure if Lucas goes to a team with an established catcher, he'll be fine and he'll work his way out. But that's what I've seen in his career. I don't know if the numbers are different with Yaz, but at the beginning of the year, I, I saw that they weren't as good as they were with uh, Sebi Zavala catching him. So um, that would be a problem for me acquiring him, knowing what you Darvish has gone through in San Diego. It's not bad, but it's not the same as it was when he was with the Cubs. Well, I mean, listen, I think this is a, a worthwhile conversation, probably more worthwhile for if we were a podcast covering any other team, right? But I think White Sox fans know how good Lucas Giolito has been this year, and I don't think any front office in baseball needs to be sold on Lucas Giolito. This is the trade deadline. This is when you go out and get pitching. And he is one of, if not the most desirable pitch, starting pitchers on the market this year. Based, A, because of what he's done this season, the, the, the results that he's posted, the numbers that we talked about, but also the track record of been doing this for a bit. He's had some success. Three top 11 Cy Young finishes in his career, an all-star game, a no-hitter, that great playoff performance. I don't think anybody needs to go out there and be like, uh, do we really want this guy? If you want starting pitching at this trade deadline, he's going to be a guy that's on your wish list. There's no doubt about it. The question is, what do the White Sox get back for him? And really, I think the market is going to end up determining this. I mean, you talked earlier, oh, a trade could happen at any moment. And certainly that's true. We've seen trades happen in the, the days and, and full week or more leading up to the trade deadline. 
But with so many teams who are going to be in the race this year, so few sellers, it's kind of a bidding war. And it could come down to the last few minutes as teams, not just the White Sox, but teams uh, you know that are selling, sit back and say, all right, what are you going to give me? What are you going to give me? What are you going to give me? And I think that's where those, uh, you know, those deals can come up to the, to the, the last second buzzer beater deals and stuff like that. Lucas Giolito is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So I don't think you should expect the kind of um, return package that some gigantic uh, trades have netted for teams in the past. Teams, including the White Sox, by the way, when they traded Chris Sale and traded Adam Eaton and traded Jose Quintana, you know, those were players that all had uh, control left on them multiple years. So I don't think uh, that, that people should expect this giant franchise-altering uh, haul here. That being said, Lucas Giolito is going to command something because there are going to be a lot of teams, I think, bidding for his services. I do think Lucas is going to start again in a White Sox uniform. I do think he's going to have a chance to have a 1,000 career strikeouts at the Sox. I think it's probably going to be a deal that gets done 31st or 1st. Because I think, again, that year of control, it's going to make teams try to wait out to give up the least amount as possible. And I think we saw it with the Sox when they acquired Jake Peavy in 2009. I mean, like, that was a last-minute deal just because, again, I think the, the, the Padres wanted a certain price and they just weren't getting it. And then finally the Sox, you know, crumbled gave and him, gave it to them. Gave him Clayton Richard. Yeah, right. <laughs> Congrats. Clayton Richard, I will say, had him once on the score. We should have him on the show. Because he is Great guy. a White Sox legend, and he can talk about baseball in a very, like, a so former, I think he's a coach now, so I he's, think like, he's really f- good at, like, talking Michigan baseball. quarterback, too. Yeah, he's, like, I mean. That's the day we get, uh, he's a, we get Merkin in here, ooh. too. Hell, yeah. He's going wild. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite trade so far of the, uh, the, uh, the season, Pierce Johnson or Fujinami? Of the two that have yeah. happened? Yeah. Well, no, the Braves got a guy, too, didn't they? Yeah, Pierce Johnson. They got another one. No, Pierce Johnson. They got two guys today. No, no, no. They traded two guys for Pierce Johnson. I don't know. We sure? Yeah. They, they got traded, a guy. They former traded, Cub great Pierce yeah. Johnson. Former, former Cub great Pierce Cougars Johnson great. for their 10th and 26th prospect. And that's for a reliever. Um, wow. I, I think that, you know, Lucas, I think especially because the White Sox have so many relievers, I think it's very likely that Lucas would be attached with a reliever because we see the Braves going out and getting a reliever. We see the Orioles going out and getting a reliever. I think every team, especially when you're going into the, the, the playoffs, you want the best bullpen possible. And we see Gregory Santos is maybe a possibility. We see Kendall Graveman as a possibility. Joe Kelly is a possibility. I mean, there really isn't anyone outside of Liam Hendricks that is off limits. I mean, even if a team wanted Garrett Crochet, there was a trade with the A's and Miami Marlins of A.J. Puck and J.J. Bladet flipping spots, and yeah. it seems like that's done both players well. Like, may- maybe you just see Giolito package with someone else, and maybe that's how the Sox get, you know, a, a-, a better return later yeah, in the Maybe, the, the but deadline. also those guys are all intriguing in their own rights. You know what I mean? I don't think it's a thing where the White Sox would have to trade one of the or include one of those guys with Giolito to, to get rid of them or to, you know what I mean? Those guys are all, I think, going to be of interest to, to teams because it, we're talking about starting pitching with Giolito, but boy, do teams need relief pitching all the time, every trade deadline. You're seeing the Braves make moves for a couple of guys today, you know, that, that – Those other teams probably didn't even want on their teams really that much. They're not having very good years. But the uh, so if you've got a guy who is attractive like Graveman or Kelly or Lopez, who's about to be a free agent, you bring up Santos and Middleton, the guys that they kind of found out of you know took rolled the dice on, and they've been two of their better relief pitchers. 
If somebody calls about these relievers, like you said, other than Hendricks, obviously, who's currently injured and, you know, a, a, a far more uh, uh, bigger investment from a financial standpoint, then, then yeah, I think they're going to listen, and I think you're going to see a number of those relievers go in trades uh, as we get closer to the deadline. Um, I'm just looking at Anthony's comment. I like your comment, Anthony. I'm just uh, stuck on the re- the resigning part. It's resigning. It's a dash in between. Oh, um, mercy. I'm pedantic like that. Hey, language matters, Sean. Here you go, Herb. I'm fixing you it for you. You knew what he meant. <laughs> um, the, I thought he was going to retire. <laughs> was he, he interested he's in retiring? Not retire. I mean, I, I think that's two different things. Pretty outside of the picture, right? I mean, if the White Sox extended Lucas Giolito right now, I'm not trying to be dramatic, but I think I would roll over and die just because I would be. That shocked. is dramatic. Well, Very dramatic. I, yeah. I'm just trying to be accurate. You should stay I think, alive. I think I would. I think I'd. I like you know freeze up like a body in a cartoon and be like, <gasps> and then like you know. Do that. Like, I don't know if it'd be, be quite that surprising. No, it'd be dramatic. I think I'd be shocked. If they don't find a partner that's willing to give what the White Sox want, and the White Sox should be in the position to say what they want, and if they don't get it for Lucas Giolito, they have the qualifying offer, and they could just keep him because, as we've talked about— They could try. Yeah. 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 He but, could decline a qualifying yeah, offer, yeah. But also then also getting a, a compensatory pick later on for Lucas, just not, you know— giving him away for something that the other team wants to give him away for. You have to find a trade partner, and there's going to be a bunch of them that are willing to go where you need to go. And, of course, some negotiations there. But set a hard line to say, this is what we'll accept for Lucas. Anything less than that, we're good. We'll just keep him and maybe try to resign him next year because they're going to need to resign somebody. Even if they trade him, I would say have out there that he's still going to be able available to be re-signed because all the things you said on the left counter with the maturity, the innings he gives you, and all the stuff that he does during a game with in-game adjustments, when he does get hit home, hit hard early in the game, he makes those in-game adjustments that are good that uh, help the team win. He's a pitcher's pitcher. Yeah, and I mean, he just turned 29, uh, just had his 29th birthday on the 14th. Um, I think, if, Stephen, if you want to flash the pros graphic, I think he would be a great investment for any team. I mean, if the White Sox did resign him, I'd be shocked in, like, in jubilation. Um, I, I wouldn't be upset because, again, I think we have seen the maturity and we've seen you've seen in the clubhouse. He's been very aware that it's possible that he gets traded, that it's been a narrative around him since April. Bob Nightingale said even if the White Sox are in contention with the division, they're trading Lucas Giolito no matter what, and he has been hearing that since April. We know his dad's very active on Twitter, and he probably sees that stuff and is like, hey. Just want to keep you an eye out. I mean, you always bring up the idea of Lucas being a first-rounder with Mike Rizzo and uh, him needing that certain amount to sign. He has always understood, um, you know, the professional side of this game. And the arsenal, too, I think is huge. Right now, you look at run value for his pitches. Um, His four-seamer has a run value of 12. Uh, That's very good. Uh, That's the best that it's been since 2019 when it had a run value of 16. And I think what we've seen with that arsenal is the slider isn't a great pitch. We know the changeup is, but he's not afraid to use the slider, and it is putting him in a great situation to get whiffs. He's got a whiff percentage of 37.7 on the pitch, and his changeup's got a whiff percentage of 31.6. So even though... The four-seamer isn't the dominant 96 that it was. It is still respectable to where you have to uh, you know, respect the, uh, the secondary stuff because he's, he's not afraid to throw it. Um, and we know how dominant that changeup can be, even though it has a run value right now of zero, um, and the slider is technically on a negative pitch at negative six. Um, the importance of those three pitches, and then if Lucas is like, oh, well, they're on my fastball, I'll just 
be more slider and change up heavy. He just has really seemingly learned how to adapt to pitching. And if he faces a wall, he knows how to turn corner out and get his way out. Like, and with the innings, I mean, uh, four seasons over 160, like that's pretty rare nowadays. Like, I mean, going over 160, he's shown that ability outside of 2022 where again, we could see the narrative. He overlifted, overtrained, wasn't really in line with his mechanics had an oblique injury that really never recovered properly, had this offseason recovered, and here he is with a sub-4 ERA. Like, I, I really think that he would be a great investment for any team because it seems like he was made to be a professional baseball player. Yeah, like, and, I, and here's the thing, too. Like, it, I, I think uh, Ken Rosenthal used this phrase uh, in his writing earlier today. People think that it's binary. You either have to trade everybody or you have to trade for everybody, right? And... I think a lot of the times the answer is in the middle. And, uh, you know, just because uh, the, the White Sox are very clearly sellers doesn't mean that, all right, everybody has to go, and if they, if they don't trade everybody, then, boy, they screwed up. You know what I mean? They're, they're, we've got comments saying they better trade him. They better trade him to get anything for him. Do not make a trade just to make a trade. That doesn't make any sense. I understand the idea of, of get something before he's gone and why people should think that. But, Herb, you just walked through why – you still can get something for him if even if he leaves as a free agent if they don't trade him. I think he's likely to be traded just because of what the market is probably going to, uh, uh, play, how it's going to play out. There's not a lot available out there, and so if you are a team that wants a starting pitcher, you're going to have to pay that price. Uh, you're going to have to pay that price for Stroman. You're going to have to pay that price for Giolito. You're going to have to pay, pay that price for Verlander if he's available, not to mention all the money that Verlander makes. But, um, you know, these guys uh, are, are not a dime a dozen right now. And so to go ahead and get Lucas Giolito, if a contender wants it, they're going to have to give the White Sox something back. And if the White Sox are not seeing a willingness by contending teams to do that, then you're going to see a lot of contending teams not able to make those additions, and you're going to see – the few selling teams maybe have to hold on to some guys. And Cherizi uh, brings up a good point in the chat here. Sox here really use the Tigers and Padres to decide not to sell to help create some scarcity in the starting pitcher market. Um, obviously, Blake Snell would be a part of that. Eduardo Rodriguez would be a part of that from the Tigers. If you wanted Michael Lorenzen, sure, he's an all-star. Um, I just think if you're looking at the market, it depends on what you want, obviously. I know you prefer Stroman. Oh, I yeah. think I would prefer Giolito. I think the maybe argument for Stroman would be ground ball pitcher, right? He's not really going to give any chance for a ball to leave the yard. And the top of rotation pitcher. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I think, would you say Lucas is not? No. Mid-rotation pitcher. I, I, I would. I mean, But why? also, too, for these contenders, it's a volume game, right? I mean, like, it's well, get as many good pitchers as you can. Like, you, you brought up the Dodgers on our show yesterday and all the injury troubles that they're having. They're still putting together a, a rotation that is allowing them to be one of the best teams in the National League. <laughs> so go ahead and just add to that. Eventually, it's going to shake out where you're going to have four or five guys that can make playoff starts. You just pick the best of those guys, right? I mean, I don't think anybody's out there saying, in order to win the World Series, you need to have a number one starter, then the next tier down at number two, then the next tier down at number three. Just throw as many arms out there as you can possibly throw out there, good ones, and the idea is that you're going to come away with some guys who you can feel confident sending to the Hill in October. All right, Herb. I'm so, I, 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 I hear you, Vinny, but I'm, I just was looking up Marcus Stroman. Uh, you look at since 2019 for Giolito and Stroman, ERA plus of 133 for Stroman, Giolito at 113. I mean, I, I know 22 or 2022 was real bad for yeah. Lucas, but, I mean, Stroman has been pretty consistent. I, I, I know 
like, again, I think the Dodgers could use depth. Again, like, they, they have so many injuries, and I feel like they're loading up for Shohei in the offseason. So Giolito would be a good acquisition because he doesn't – he's not worth it, or he's not, you know, owed any money next year. Um, Stroman, too. I mean, he's going to be a free agent. I mean, how Cody's saying that the Cubs need to sweep. You think Cubs need to sweep to not sell? Like sweep the Cubs, the, Cub, the, the Sox, Sox in the next two games. I mean, need to is a little hard. Well, but I mean, you've talked after that too. You've yeah. talked to passionate Cody. Before. I think it, I think they play the Cardinals after that too. So they do. They're yeah, fine. Yeah. They're six and a half back in the NL Central and five and a half back in the wild card race. That yeah. is that is very much in it. Yeah, exactly. And with you got all the players that they got just getting Cody Bellinger back this last past month and seeing what he's been doing and Stro keeps on doing this. Uh, Hendricks, and you had a good performance finally out of uh, Jamison Tyone the other day. Cubs are in it. Uh, they should push forward. They should push forward. I don't need any I, more sellers. I, I need all people going for it. Going back to Cherise's comment, I think if the if the Cubs decide to keep, I think that's the biggest help for the Sox because I, I, I think the Padres with all the money that they spent and honestly their record with Musgrove and Snell over the past like 20 games is like they're like 19-1 and one when those two pitch. Mm-hmm. So it's really just got to figure out the other three days. Um, but the Tigers like Again, the pro of Lucas is the innings. And you look at Eduardo Rodriguez, who I think is the best Tigers pitcher, um, 91 innings last year, only 83 innings this year, um, and the highest marks were 2019 and 2020, 203 innings at 157. But even other than that, like a lot of 120s, a lot of sub-140s. Like Lucas Giolito, again, has that ability to, to, to give you innings. And I think that's what teams are going to want. Like, Good innings. Can, can you pitch, Good innings. Yeah, can you pitch all the way until the end of the World Series? Can you be starting a game for us in the World Series and, you know, give us four at least good to great innings and we'll, we'll handle it from there with our eight bullpen arms. And I know we're not talking about him in particular, but to spur off of what you just said, that's why Lance Lynn is going to be a person that people are going to be checking in on because he gives you innings. Good innings or not, he gives you innings. So that's a value. And for these teams going down the stretch and if they can figure out what was wrong with Lance, He's going to be valuable. I don't know what they're going to be giving up to get Lance, but people are going to be checking in in the White Sox to see what Lance Lynn's availability is and what the White Sox are asking for, apparently, a lot right now. And again, I mean, uh, there, was a, there was a comment earlier that was talking about, oh, I'm, I'm assuming that it's going to be an underwhelming trade deadline for the White Sox. The White Sox are 19 games below 500. I think any deadline in that situation is going to be underwhelming. If, if you are talking about the kind of return that they're going to get back, what do you want? I mean, like, major league-ready guys? I don't know how many trade packages you're going to see for Giolito and, and, and then, yeah, I mean, Giolito's the top, right? There, there are a lot of guys that the White Sox could trade, but I don't think any of them are as good as Giolito right now. Right. And so that's the guy that you're hoping to get the most for, and he's only got two months left to control on him. I don't, I don't know if there's a way that you can be overwhelmed or even whelmed as a White Sox fan at this trade deadline. They've played so poorly that they, you, they cannot do that for you. Rick Hahn cannot do that for you unless he uh, you know, goes back to the magic of 16 and 17 and pulls off you know, those same kinds of trades, but I don't think he's got the pieces to do that at this point. So um, we'll see what happens, but these trades are going to be, Sean, about what you always ask about, Minor league depth pieces, minor league, you know, guys who who might be something down the road. I don't know if you're getting top five prospects from teams for 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 Giolito or TA or something like I that. I think Lucas is the only one that that could be possible. And maybe it's not 
a top 100 prospect, but maybe it's a top five prospect from a, a worse system, right? Like, there's been the talk of Heston Kierstad from I'll the Orioles maybe. for Giolito. If that happens, maybe. All right. See I'm you in. Later. Bye, Lucas. Nice I've having hit, you. I've already Hope hit you got the to a thousand strikeouts. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I, I don't see that happening. Um, but you know, I mean. Again, if the White Sox are able to add a reliever to Giolito, I think that they could get something major league level from major league ish ready from that. But that's really the only piece. And and I think the big thing is, and we'll take a break right after this. Um, if they eat the money for Lance this year, or eat some of the money, they eat some of the money or all of the money for Yasmani. They eat Kendall's. Uh, uh, money for this year, so then the, basically people are just paying the next year's salary because it's owed eight this year and eight next year. Um, if they're paying half of Kelly, right? Like, if they are eating some of the money, because this is already money that they thought they would be spending this year, I think that could, again, increase your chances to get something that could help you in 2024. So, like, again, maybe it doesn't need to be a top 100 prospect, but if you're getting some fringe AAA guys, like, that's that's basically the Cleveland Guardians roster. It's just like it's Tyler Freeman playing second base. Do you know who Tyler Freeman is? No. So, like, but is that what you? But is that gonna is that gonna whelm you at the trade deadline? No. Oh no, boy, but, they but, traded. They traded. But uh, it's a hell of a lot better than you know. It's getting something. Like Yasmani Grandal is either gonna walk out the door or you could get something. Like that's that's really what it, it, this is. It's it's underwhelming. I'm not trying to sell oh, right. you. I'm not it's trying to sell to be, you yeah. a brand new car. Here's a right. Rolls Royce. No, right. it's like here's. Some used sponges. Used sponges. Yes. Oh. Um, that sounds worse than the uh, than the stereotypical bag of balls. I think you'd rather have a bag of baseballs than a used sponge. I think I'm going to see used. them in uh, November at the salt shed. <laughs> oh hell yeah, mercy! Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll let you know about some of our fabulous sponsors, and then we'll talk about Tim Anderson and some final other people that might go. This trade deadline for these socks, Shady Rays, take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the warm weather ahead. It's going to be warm this week Ugh, with polarized. It's going to be so hot. Oh, put on your shades. I'm, I'm not going to be cool able to take down. them off. I'm going to have to wear them inside. <laughs> with premium polarized shades at an affordable price, Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that makes you look as handsome as these two gentlemen right uh-huh. here. Uh, and they offer... Uh, a pair of sunglasses that's good as any expensive pair we worn. They're a hell of a lot better than all the cheap sunglasses I used to buy. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, it's also that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back along after your purchase. It's basically your new home for sunglasses. Why go anywhere else? You lose them, you break them, they're going to help you replace them they're not going to break the bank you look slick with them mm-hmm. we're going to give you a nice little promo code and if you don't love your shady rays you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days there's no risk when you shop because again their team always has your back because this is your home for sunglasses exclusively for our listeners shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season go to shadyrays.com and use code chgo for 50 percent off Two plus pairs of polarized shades. You can get the two that are on these lovely models right here. They're the same sunglasses, but in a different little finish. Try for yourself. The shade's rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Check out the website, shaderace.com. Use code CHGO to get 50% off two plus polarized shades. But again, go to the website and find your shades. It's fun to just look. Hey, live a fantasy. Oh, what, what if I had the Ventura shades? You know, what would I look the like? The Robin Ventura shades? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Herb. Um, but thank you to Shady Rays. Use code CHGL at ShadyRays.com. Uh, Herb. Hello. You got a, you, I, do they have weed in Canada? 
Do they have wheat in Canada? Weed. Oh, yes, they do. Oh, mercy. Uh, well, you're not in Canada anymore. I'm not. And you're home for cannabis in Chicago is Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary. Thank Sunnyside you. is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summer, and they're a one-stop shop for all your cannabis needs, no matter where you are in your cannabis journey. They have easy online ordering and in-store pickup. They have a transparent loyalty program as well called Sunnyside Rewards, and it's Illinois' favorite dispensary from city to suburbs, Wrigleyville to Wrigleyville North, Champaign to South Beloit. Herb, what did you pick up recently? Is there is it, Are you an edible guy or I'm a, a pre-roll guy? What, 100% what edible guy. I pick up the usually the Kivas or the uh, Fryes from Good News. There you go. Um, so shout out to uh, our friends over at Good News. They got gummies, rechargeable vase, pems, and carts perfect for great moments with the crew. Through August, head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer. It's not stackable with other promotions. And that's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer with our friends over at Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary. Must be 21 plus or an Illinois MedCard holder. Again, that's code CHGO at checkout for 25% off your total, your total order. One use per customer. Uh, thank you very much to our friends over at Sunnyside. All right, let's get into the Tim Anderson talk. And shout out to Justin. Loves Thank himself you, Justin. some uh, sunny side. He got the butterscotch willy. I don't know what that is. And Steven scrolled away from it. He got the butterscotch willy. Get that next time, her. It sounds delicious. Mercy. I went to I went to college with a butterscotch willy. Did you? Yeah. You yeah. played banjo? <laughs> yeah. He'd ride through he'd ride he'd ride through town on the on the boxcar every once in a while. <laughs> say, hi butterscotch Willie. Playing his banjo. Hi, uh, chillins. <laughs> I don't know why he talks like that. Wearing his overalls. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, let's go to uh Tim Anderson's stats here. We'll talk about his pros and cons. Because obviously a big con of TA is the numbers. Yeah. Um the numbers aren't popping up this page for 2023. TA in 331 plate appearances as a batting Oof. average of 241. The former batting champ 2019 has fallen off that 333 average. 56 weighted runs created plus. Obviously, zero pasta parties this year. But he has stolen 10 bags. Um, Tim, since the All-Star break, has kind of heated up a little bit. He's got a lot more hits. Seems like he's fine. It's a power. He had a gapper double in that horrible extra inning game yesterday that went to 12 Rousing frames, um, but the pros and cons. It wouldn't cons, have gone 12 if it wasn't for that double. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> the pros and cons of our friends over, uh, our friends for, uh, for, for Tim Anderson. Uh, obviously, all-star caliber was just the starting all-star in 2022 for the American League. Has playoff success, uh, batting average near 385 in the playoffs. That's good. Pretty damn good. And it's got an extra year control, and it's basically your choice. It's, it's choose your own adventure again. They have a team option next year, so Tim Anderson could be or could not be on your team. It's your choice, GM, whoever wants to acquire him. The cons, again, he's been kind of stinky. A way to runs created plus a 56. It's tough to sell. He is one of the worst shortstops when it comes to uh, offensive output this year. There is the injury concerns. A lot of the poor performance has, because, has come because of the injury that happened in Minnesota. But also, we look at last year, seen a lot of groin injuries and issues pop up with TA. He hasn't had the cleanest bill of health. And then subpar defense. Shortstop. Hasn't been the funnest ride with TA over the past two years. He led the position at Nairs last year. Um, what do we make of Tim's selling ability? Can we? Can you sell Tim Anderson to a playoff team right now? And, and is there a certain angle that maybe you could find? Maybe maybe he's not playing subpar shortstop defense for you. He's playing second base. I don't know. Well, they can look at the early stats 
from this year before he got hurt in Minnesota where the average was nice and good and he was driving the ball, not hitting home runs or anything like that, but he was doing the job that Tim usually does. So we started, saw that in Houston in the opening series and then when he got hurt in Minnesota, it's like everybody was crestfallen because we're like, that is our guy. And as we say about Tim's offense, as he goes, we go, you see exactly that correlation. When Tim wins the batting title, the offense goes. When Tim is one of the worst baseball players in baseball, the White Sox reflect that. And so what Rick Hahn could say is he's starting to ramp up, guys. You could see it. The numbers from the All-Star break are this. He's healthy. Doesn't have the growing anymore. Doesn't have the finger anymore. The shoulder's good. Everything's good about him. You got to give me the money or the players if you're acquiring this All-Star caliber player that you're getting. That's what how he can sell it. Don't look at this year's numbers because you know you're not getting that player. The reason why you're calling me today is that because you want that player that we had for those years. You're not calling me because you want the 2023, Tim. So let's deal with reality. And that's what uh, Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams can go on that plane instead of uh, offering or just trying to get anything they get for Tim just because he's had such a poor year. I would say at the end of the day, while we're talking next Tuesday, he will be still a White Sox because of all the things that are combined with him. But I want Rick Hahn to chest all the waters. I want him to check in everybody. If anybody's serious about acquiring Tim Anderson and they're offering market value for what he was last year, buy Tim. That's, I'm sad because I love the man. I love what he's done for the White Sox, but lately he has not been the player that the White Sox desperately need him to be, and he might have to go. I mean, this is a this is a great example of you don't make a trade just to make a trade because everything that you just said, Herb, about why other teams would want Tim Anderson for this year and next year, boy, don't you think the White Sox would want that for next year? A team that is very likely going to be trying to compete in 2024, don't you think they would want an All Star caliber shortstop who mm-hmm. might win a batting title at the top of their uh, the top of their lineup? I understand that folks are looking very much in the right now and they're not seeing that guy. But listen, every other uh, uh, head of a baseball ops department in baseball knows what Tim Anderson is capable of doing. Put him in a playoff race, and he's going to be the guy who has that ridiculously high playoff batting average, that guy who hit that home run in the Field of Dreams game, that guy who was tearing it up in the World Baseball Classic while playing second base. Get the lights bright. You don't think Tim Anderson's going to go back to being Tim Anderson, and you don't think the White Sox would want that? Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to get, if you're Rick Hahn and you're not going to get that kind of value for Tim Anderson, then why are you making the trade? Why are you making the trade to begin with? Because at that point, you're just like, oh, my God, we're sellers right now. We have to sell. That's not how Rick Hahn or any actual baseball GMs are thinking. If you're running a fantasy team, maybe that's how you think. <laughs> but the, they're not going to just make this deal and get rid of Tim Anderson because to get something. The, they can have him next year as their everyday shortstop. And you better believe they think he's capable of being that guy again unless they – know something that's going on behind the scenes from a health or a production standpoint, a change that he's made that really has affected his game. And in that case, guess what? The other teams are going to know about that too. So this is very much a a perfect example of you better get something good that provides a bright future for your franchise either next year or beyond or both because this is a guy who you could trade and watch go win a batting title and be an all-star in 2024, and you could be like, well, that sure would have helped us try to win the division or make a playoff run 
but oops, we traded him just to trade him. I don't see the White Sox doing that, but I think there's a lot of folks out there who think that they should, and and I, I'm addressing those people right now. There you go, people. Yes, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, since July, the power still hasn't been there for Tim, but batting average of 292. Then we just go post-All-Star break, slugging percentage of 432. That works. I mean, how, how interested are you in July, Tim Anderson? Does this feel real? Does this feel like Tim Anderson is picking up steam? Because if I am a GM, he has the ability to move from shortstop to second base. If he is the batting champ that you know he was in 2019 and the, the All-Star caliber shortstop, I think it is absolutely a steal to go get Tim Anderson, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I understand your point. Like, you know, why wouldn't the White Sox want him? I could see him being the shortstop in 2024. I just don't know if, again, there's enough compelling them to keep him. If they get rid of Tim Anderson, they're making some pretty dramatic conclusions about next year, in my opinion. He's not an untouchable. Like, I I don't know. Nobody's an untouchable. You don't think? Team could back up their entire uh, number one ranked farm system up to your house tomorrow, and you'd say, okay. Right? Nobody's for Luis Robert? Time. I don't think you would. A hundred guys? I, I if they would. said we're going to give you a hundred players for Luis Robert. If the Baltimore Orioles <laughs> came in and gave you yeah. one of their, some of their best Forget prospects. about some. I'm just talking about the, re, you know. The team. There's a point this zero is, zero this, zero this one feels, percent chance, yeah, This right? feels yeah. like the, the dumb question on Twitter. It's like, would you, listen, would you ever listen to Beyonce again if someone gave you $10 million? Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah, of course. And so, and so yeah. $10 million. Dollars. I don't think you can ever Do call anybody untouchable. I mean, heck, you've seen teams... You see a team every year trade a guy who you think should be untouchable. The Nationals traded Juan Soto. The you know what I mean, like the, Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado got traded the year after signing that that contract to be the anchor of that franchise. There's no such thing as an untouchable in Major League Baseball, but there's the varying degrees of that, obviously. So to say, oh well, Tim's not untouchable. Yeah, because if someone calls up and gives you a great offer that dramatically improves your future, you should take it. But you have to weigh that value against what Tim Anderson might be able to give you next year for a team that you're for a year that you're planning on contending in. If they're not going to plan on contending, that they're that's dramatic in my opinion, and that would be a big change of course probably. My my see. big concern is just like the inj- the one of the cons is injuries, and I think that this is Tim. Like I I don't think Tim was is this bad, right? Like, I think he was getting pretty unlucky. I think he was injured, right? I, I don't think he found his groove, and I think he's finding that a little bit now. He seems like he's making more contact. Not, it seems like now he's getting more confident in that contact. It seems like he's driving the ball a bit more. Um, I would just be concerned if the White Sox were banking on him for 2024 because of all these injury concerns, and he could have a great April again, and then, up oh, here we are in May, and he's hurt again. Like, I, I think if you can get teams interested enough I think right now is the right time to make this deal because, again, like there is a lot of question marks for 2024 if you trade Tim Anderson, who that was going to play shortstop. Um, but again, like you have Luis Robert Jr. Like that feels like the piece that really only matters to Pedro Grafal and Rick Hahn right now. Like for 2024, as long as Luis Robert Jr. is there, like we have our idea of the future or well, then, this change future now as we're 19 games under 500. Then they're thinking their teams could be the Anaheim Angels. Because they have a superstar, two superstars on their team, you need more. 
So they need to think about the long-term future of this team and not just keep Luis Robert just because he's Luis Robert as a superstar, but entertain any offers, and I'm sure they are. And if Tim gets a offer, they get an offer for Tim, fine, so be it, go. But as we are just talking about, if the Baltimore Orioles came to the table with the top five prospects, you'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. Not for Tim Anderson. I mean, no, no, Tim I'm saying for Luis Robert. Oh, yeah, I'd say I'm good. Oh, you will. Okay. I mean, I, I really don't think they're going to do that. You're going to give me Grayson Rodriguez, yes. Jackson Holiday. Yes. Yeah, sure. No, they're not going sure. to, but that's, we're just saying that, like, yeah. that's that's the conversation when you use that word untouchable. <laughs> people think you're being pretty, like, no, there's no trade on earth. What if but why wouldn't they? And, and you know, so, but there is a trade on earth. You say he's yeah. one of the best players in baseball with years to go, and these are all prospects that might hit. Luis is hitting. Yeah. I, I think teams would do that. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, what? What? I mean, what they give up for Soto? A lot. A lot. I mean, Mackenzie Gore, Gore Abrams. Uh, yeah. Those are both top five guys, right? Yeah. 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 And some I mean, more. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, like, I, that's the thing. Is like, I, I do think that they could be in the same position next year in 2024, and Tim Anderson might be an attractive piece at the trade deadline. But it's just like, I feel like you could sell that player now. Like, look what he's you, doing in probably, July. You look what he's can. doing healthy, well, and a, you got the year of control. You, you know, probably can. I don't think. I don't think right now it's about. Oh, will you please take Tim Anderson off our hands? You know, I think it's about what will you? If you want him? What are you going to give me for him? If they if they got either a shortstop or second base prospect that is like maybe low A or double A, and they got a pitcher that's near ready, doesn't have to be good. Like it's just a guy that could actually start games because the White Sox don't have anybody in the their system that can do that. Like, if they got, like, a 26, 7, 8-year-old starter who could actually throw 140 innings and, uh, you know, kind of like a blue chip or, you know, at least younger middle infield prospect, I, I don't see why you wouldn't say yes to that deal. I mean, so, so Sean's, trading, Sean's trading Tim Anderson for Davis Martin and a 19-year-old. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. But I would say t- yesterday's game, specifically. I have a that- lot of Davis Martins. He's hurt. <laughs> Specifically in that bat where he's facing a hundred miles per hour fastball, and he turns that around to right center field, which is Tim Anderson's stroke. That gave me hope that the man is back. He's driving the ball hard, and a home run will eventually come, so we can finally have our pasta party. And I don't want that to be on somebody else's team. Seeing the good Tim Anderson for the rest of this year, then next year on somebody else's team. I think, as Vinny said, the White Sox can get that here, and I think that's just clearing up the head, clearing up the injuries, and he's back to the guy that he is normally. Because I don't care who you are, the the most haterist Tim Anderson fan, you didn't thought, think he was going to be this. Nobody thought he was going to be this, so you know there's a, a, reg- a regression to the mean coming up for him. And Cherise's asking who we roll out at shortstop if – in 2024, Oof, if Tim geez. is traded, um, I mean, it doesn't seem like either of you guys are really act like advocating for it or speaking think of, it will happen. He, he uh, had some candidates. He rolled out the uh, thing on his 108 uh, blog. So shortstop free agents? No, sir. No, not at all. It is terrible. Like, and our options coming up from the minors, like Lenning Sosa or Rodriguez? No, sir. That's a rebuild. That's a rebuild. Well, un- you don't have a... I mean, unfo- unfortunately, Herb, they let Rick Hahn stay around for fucking 10 years. And, I mean, you yeah, know, that's, they, that's, they, yeah, that's they couldn't one. figure it out. That's I mean, like, I, 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 I hate to say it, but I'm pretty sure they're just going to rebuild it. 
Like, I, I don't – like, I think that it's going to be an advanced rebuild. I don't think Rick Hahn's going to use the word rebuild or retool. I think he's just going to say we're changing our – Changing course? Changing course. We're, we're our, trying to uh, – salvage what's left or whatever like I, I think that Luis Robert Jr. is going to be the guy and I, I don't really think he already is the guy yeah, I really don't think it matters though like who's playing shortstop because as long as they got Aloy Benintendi Vaughn and and Robert they have four hitters that they think are you know above average and so you don't I'm you, not, do, you do not expect the White Sox to contend for anything in 2024 no, they're a poorly run organization Correct. But they also ha- they can also try, I guess is my point. Right. Do you expect them to try or do you expect them not to try? Because a rebuild indicates to me that you're, you're doing what they just did and saying, guess what? We're going to be bad next year. We're not going to try to do this next year. To me, if you're going to try to compete next year, I don't know if you can throw Lenny Sosa at shortstop. No. Uh, and give him 140 games at shortstop. I mean, again, all the it, strikeouts. It depends on what what you really do this 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 trade deadline and, and what you're able to acquire um i, I wouldn't want to see colson like i think they'd be rushing him obviously in, in 2024 uh, putting him at shortstop um i mean i i wouldn't be against jose rodriguez or lenin sosa i mean they haven't gotten a shot i i think it could be similar to the cubs in 2022 they kind of had a down year and they kind of just more shifted and then they had an active offseason the year after i think it could be a pretty active 2025 for the Sox, like I, I don't know. I think it just be might sure be to a tune in next season to the CHGO White Sox podcast. Hey, folks. I don't run the team. But I would I would have a better team on the field. I'd hope if, if I was running this. But you're comparing them to the Cubs, and they at least had one solid up the middle defender in Nico Horner there in 2022. Yeah. If you trade TA, and I know people are like he's not a solid defender either. Whatever, you're gonna Alvin, have you have Rodriguez and or Sosa up the middle. It's gonna be tough. Elvin Andrews. Ooh. Elvin, Elvin's oh, yeah. coming back. Elvin, <laughs> uh, that, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have Elvin play there. Uh, let's take a quick break. Just let you know about Foco. Uh, they donated the uh, Southpaw one that's back there in the TA one. They might be at Studio B, uh, but go check them out at Foco.com. F O C O, or click the link in the description below. Use promo code CHGO for ten percent all non presale items. You got shirts, bobbleheads, Aloha shirts, bags, everything you need for a game over at Foco. You can get lost in their bobblehead collection. So make sure if you are a collector to check out Foco. They've been a long supporter of CHGO, and we're really appreciative of them. So check out FOCO.com, show them some love, click the link in the description. And again, they're giving you uh, 10% off all non-presale items with the code CHGO. So thank you to FOCO for supporting CHGO. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know if they're not trying in 2024, but... I'm just Again, saying, like, I don't know if... I don't know how good the AL Central is. Like, I don't know how much you have bet. to try. Here's my point, is that... You know, and because there's a lot of, you know, sarcastic responses, right? They've been trying this year and they're <laughs> so bad. I'm not talking about the actual result, more so as the intent, because we just went through, starting in 2017, right? We just went through watching them for multiple years, willingly take a step back with the major league product to develop minor league players. Then all those players came up, and now all of a sudden the major league product is. It's trying. They went out and signed. Whether you approve of what they did or not, they went out and they tried to win a division and win a World Series. No, it has not worked to this point. But the point, my point being, if they go into 2024 with that former attitude, with that rebuild-style attitude, that to me is very surprising because look at all these guys that you said were going to be the core of a championship contender that are still going to be here. And so 
my thought is, why wouldn't they try? Why wouldn't they say we're going to contend? Whether it happens or not, I'm just talking about analyzing the decision-making. It would seem to me that they cannot afford to say, oh, yeah, we're going to do this whole thing again where you're going to be, uh, everybody's going to be buying Nikki Delmonico jerseys. Yeah, right. you know I, mean? I, yeah, I, right. I don't think it's going to be that bad, though, and that's why I think just, it's just going to be exactly what Rick tried to avoid, being mired, mired in mediocrity. Like, that's what they are. I they're not. They they're not mediocre. awful. They're not. Oh, they're, they're, they're 19 games under 500. Well, I don't know. I, I wish mean, they're like, mediocre. Again, like, they're not bad enough to rebuild. They're not good enough to compete. Like, it's just like, I, I think purgatory. that it's basically Rick's going to go out there and say, it's the Luis Robert Jr. show. We're going to go out and watch him play 162 games and, and come out and buy tickets. Like, I mean, you're, you're right that they stripped all this down and tried to do it right. And Kenny said when they signed Yasmani Grandal, we're going to have five to seven years of, uh, of a contention window. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, shit, we're in year four and it's already closing and it seems like there's no one showing up to the stadium because they're all pissed off at you. So, like, I don't know what they have to sell. It's just kind of like we're going to hope for the best. If they like, do the Luis Roberts show, they would be a disservice to him and them if they don't surround him with talent that is – in the same realm as him, not at the caliber because he's one of one, but help him be the best player of, that he can be. Otherwise, just get rid of him. Like, just to, having a good player and then a bunch of also rants will be a disservice to him, the White Sox fans, and the organization. So I would want them to, if they're going to sell off, sell off and find partners for every every, other, every player, not on this trade deadline because it's going to be hard. It's eight days. But in the offseason, find somebody else that can uh, – take this guy to the next level instead of just being a bad team. They're not, I wish they were mediocre. That would be great. I'm wishing for 81 and 81. That's, that's how bad no, this year has been. Well, and yeah, like, I would, and man, they would be battling. We would be, ta- we would be a different conversation if they're 500 right now. A oh, total different I mean, conversation. They could probably win the division. I'm sorry. Oh they, they could probably win the division. We would push all in. We wouldn't be talking about trading anybody. We'd be like, who are we getting? Are we getting breaks now? We trading for Eduardo Rodriguez? Nope. You want lefties. That'd be great. <laughs> um, Anything else you want to add on? or? Not really. I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Let's put it this way. I, the thing that I'm most interested in seeing over the next week is not, oh, boy, who, who, who's going and who do they get? I think we've pretty well established the list of guys that could go, and I think because of the circumstances surrounding all of those guys and the team in general, I'm not sure every, anybody is expecting a blow-you-away-style return package that's going to dramatically change things up. What I'm interested to see is – basically what I was just talking about. What is the direction? What, it, what does Rick Hahn come out and say next Tuesday, we made these moves to set us right. up for dot, dot, dot. What, what is that direction? Because that, that to me right now is truly a question mark. There are multiple answers to that question, and I'm interested to hear what that answer is. Well, Maddie's kind of asked a super chat along those lines. Uh, what reason do you have to believe that Rick Hahn can build a winner next season? Um, obviously, they're trying right now, and we, we see the results for, for 19 games under 500. Um, I, I mean, I, I think the, the clear reasons are you have the best player in the division in the worst division in Major League Baseball. Um, the rotation looks pretty weak, but... Again, what, what is the haul? We don't know what the 2024 Sox look like because the 2023 Sox aren't really dead and settled, you know? Well, I think the, I think the thing is, uh, when I talk about the circumstances surrounding the team, guys, we've been having this conversation going back to this time last year, talking about this past offseason. There's guys that are just there. They're not going to get rid of them, right? Yeah. Yoan Moncada is their third baseman. Forever. 
Aloy Jimenez is their DH. Mm-hmm. Andrew Benintendi is their left fielder. Andrew Vaughn's their first baseman. Luis Robert Jr. is their center fielder. They keep Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson's their shortstop. Seems like Colas is their listed, right fielder. I just yeah, yep. Colas is the right fielder. I just <laughs> listed almost the whole team. Right. Benintendi. Well, too. and then I mean like so, catcher so, is kind of weak. So Sebi and Carlos Perez. Like uh, no, I'm just I, like I, I do think that like they just have to focus on the rotation. The bullpen isn't a major like. Well, I it might be worry. if they trade four guys oh, this Sebi. week. Yeah, it's, but I mean, this, my point this is just my point is that. If the direction is, hey, we believe in these guys, we paid them, we, we believe in them, there's not much to, to tinker with. And so it, it's not, do I believe whether or not he can build a winner or not? He hasn't built one yet. We'll, we'll, but the answer is, they might be stuck into playing the majority of the guys this year. And guess what? Those contracts aren't up. It's not like, you know... Maybe they maybe they do something. Yeah, but I mean, and and that's a that is the last thing that all you fans want to hear right now because you just have sat through multiple years of them not doing something. But if you're stuck in a situation where you got to run these guys out there because of the contracts you already signed them to, well, and to well be- then you've got to do something to add to those guys to increase your chances of winning. Because guess what, you've already committed to winning with those guys. You've already committed to winning with those guys. You thought those were the guys that are going to win for you. You're not going to just say, all right, here's $50 million, Yoan, bye. Like, yeah. no, he's your third baseman next year unless he can't physically can't play, which has been the case for the majority of this season. Yep. But so you got to go do something, to it, whether it's in the starting rotation, whether it's in one of the two or three positions that you can tinker with. you got to do something to increase your chances of winning with because everybody keeps saying, oh, this window's closed, this window's closed. For them, though, this window with this core, it's not closed. They have to finish it, right? Yeah. Well, and, and so, that's the thing, too, is, like, we don't – it's not finished. Like, we're just we're just not, not finished. sure. These guys are still under contract. I'm, it's not finished. I mean, that's the thing is, like, <laughs> I, I want to create, like, a graphic or something. And it's like, you know, I put Lucas Giolito and, and Lance Lynn at the center, and maybe we make that color red, and then, like, a bigger wedge or whatever. And then we put, like, Kendall Graveman and Joe Kelly um, and Keenan Middleton. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if those two wedges were traded. And then we go to Tim Anderson. I'd be more surprised than, you know, Tim Anderson, right? Like, it's more just levels of this to, like, where do they actually – like what point do they actually just go into? I, like that that's it's it's going to be fascinating to figure out because again, like I think there is a decent argument to keep Tim Anderson around, even though you know he might be valuable this trade deadline. Um, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. Uh, I want to thank Vinny Duber for obviously joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckerall Twenty Three. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We'll be with you tomorrow. We got a pregame at six thirty. Herb and I will be taking care of that with you, and then Vinny will join us on the postgame for Cubs and Sox for our Crosstown Series special. And uh, thank you to Hooters for presenting that. We'll be uh, talking more about Hooters. I'll go get some wings. Damn be a good all time. Uh, thank you, Stephen Nicholas, for producing the show, and you can follow the show on Twitter at chgo underscore White Sox. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this uh, trade deadline, a week out special, and we'll have all your coverage if the White Sox, or when the White Sox, make a move. See you later. Bye.